0: you're listening to the black and gold hockey podcast with mark allred court lalonde and rob tomlin you can subscribe and rate our show on apple podcasts google play player.fm soundcloud.com and stitcher radio you can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the amazon.com or fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show!
1: Or, fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, go!
0: Ray Bork. Scores! Ray Bork from the faceoff
1: circle to the right of Reggie Lemlin. buying it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over Morazzi. Gets loose.
2: And Bergeron scores.
1: Hello, Bruins fans! Welcome back for episode 87 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. We are back, and uh, I'm sober, which is good because i had a, I had an absolutely great time last Saturday, and it was so much fun that it carried over when I got home to increasingly more drinks, and uh, which ruined my Sunday altogether. So I was not able to do the show. Not feeling well, self-induced, and all my fault. So, Rob Court, welcome back.
3: How was the uh, the get together then? It was on, It was
1: amazing, absolutely amazing. I was all right. I,
4: it,
3: well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, you do it on the regular. This was the first experience for me. This was a bucket list item for me. So,
4: actually, it's it's a lot different than one. What I'm used to, uh, they've uh, they stepped up their game. I'll say that it's it's, it's usually fantastic. But uh, Karen from from the Bruins alumni, she she was, from she was a great host for us, and she was, uh, she, they put on a, gr- a good a good time for everybody for the uh, in the box. It was nice.
1: Yeah, uh, like I mentioned, and you.
4: and and they they won, so yeah,
1: yeah, it was a huge both win. games
4: I was at. So far, knock on wood, literally in front of a wood table. I've never seen a game Bruins lose a game
1: in uh, TV. Nice, wow! Well, nice streak you got going there. Outdoor um,
4: game, not so much.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> you need to
4: move to Boston then.
1: Yes, in the playoffs at least. <sighs> I agree. I my wife disagrees. <laughs> well. Um. Yeah, it was a great time. I just want to take a second just to thank Court. Uh, that was amazing. Um, I I was starstruck, actually, sitting in the box and looking down to my right and seeing Johnny Busick all the way down there, Tim Sweeney behind me, Reggie Lemlin behind me. Later on, Ken Lindsman comes in, um, and I was uh, talking to Johnny Pie McKenzie's daughter, uh, Lori. She was, uh, she was a hoot. So it was a it was a great day and like I said, I just got a little carried away afterwards, but um let's just jump right into it. Uh last week's games there were four games. Um starting off with the Chicago Blackhawks on Sunday. uh there was a three to one loss. Um It's that this is a tough game for me because obviously we went to the game on Saturday in Boston and, and the game the next game was in Chicago, so travel times, uh, wear and tear. I know the professionals and they're supposed to be ready, but it happens on back to backs. Um, the one disappointing thing that I saw in this game was—I don't know who it was and whose idea it was. Whether it was Chara's that hey I got to get off the ice because I'm tired, or it was, oh, or it was a penalty kill, yeah, or it was the bench yelling to him get off the damn ice. Either who it was. It was a huge mistake because it led to a goal and pretty much sealed the win for the Chicago Blackhawks. I yeah. I don't... I, you don't take a change on a penalty kill in your own zone. I just didn't understand that, and that opened up a huge hole for a goal.
3: Well, I'm pretty sure Chara admitted that that was his fault when because he, he came out of the box and wanted to get a forward on the ice, but... It is what it is. Like those things are bound to happen. We've had bounces where it's happened for us for the other team. So plus Chara is going to be lost as like a forward trying to cover a point man, especially with his speed. So and it's one game. Yeah, against a team that aren't yeah. anywhere
4: near a playoff. Yeah, like when Brent, Brent Seaborg scores, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're score... not having
3: the best game. Didn't he score two in that game?
4: No, just one. Oh. You had no, uh, oh, it and, was... and Nisimov got the first. Then Chara got our our goal, and then yeah. Patty Kane got that power play goal. And then yeah, Kane. it
3: was it was that uh, defenseman Gustafson for the the
4: Blackhawks. He just he was all over the puck all night. He the, played the, one of his best games ever. The, the day before, it was it was funny. I, I think I said to Mark when we were sitting there watching the game, I was like, I didn't even notice Patrick Kane on the ice. Yeah. Like he was invisible. On yeah. Saturday afternoon. Invisible.
1: Yep. Yeah. But yeah, definitely showed up on the next game. Um yeah. you know. Yeah, he hasn't shown up all season, so yeah, right. Sucks to be Chicago. So. Uh moving on to uh Tuesday's game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um this was like I don't I, a game from like the eighties. Oh. Or
4: like game seven against the Leafs.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you're down and out. I I, I, I don't know what happened. They, they definitely weren't prepared. And all of a sudden, it just seemed like with seven minutes remaining in the game, the Bruins just light it up. They score five quick goals and come back and win it, while Chara, DeBrusque, and Krug, are all sent to the locker room. They were shorthanded by two defensemen and came back that much. I, I was just absolutely amazed at how much fight um, that team had shorthanded to come to come back and win. It was it absolutely was eight natal.
3: minutes and twenty-two seconds. Okay, not to, yeah. five goals. And...
4: Yeah, and wasn't back. So not to mention you're already missing Bergeron, McAvoy, and wasn't back a suspended for that game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, like, wow. And yeah. what about that Grizzly goal?
1: Oh, that was so sick.
3: I didn't even realize that was Grizzly. I thought it was Heinen when I was watching.
1: Yeah, and he came he in. He kind of, and... like,
3: jumped up, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Heinen! He's going to miss the net. And then I was like, oh, it's Grizzly. And they just – that was like a Tory Krug in the playoffs when he first came in. Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. Just jumped in the play perfectly.
4: Wonder goal. I
1: mean, you know, Pasta kind of had a pretty good game. Yeah, he yeah. did. I mean, scoring a hat trick, uh, two goals, and then uh, was it an empty netter at the end? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he scored
3: all three of his goals in seven minutes and um, 26 seconds.
1: Nice. Dropping the knowledge. Um, yeah, he's he, he's been on fire, too. We'll talk about him later on uh, with a certain debate. Um, and then the and then the stinker, you know... I don't know what it is with this this um, this Bruins versus Florida Panthers, and and I do I do get it that the Florida Panthers are a better team in the second half uh, this year, but on Thursday night they uh, they got a no no against the Bruins and uh, James Reimer comes in with a three nothing shutout. Um, really, not much to talk about in that game, um, except for. Uh, no, nah, we'll get we'll, we'll talk about it later.
3: What about um, Frank Vetrano getting an interference call on Anton Houdon, like early in the first? That was quite funny.
1: <laughs> I didn't even see that. <laughs>
3: right. Oh, That was a, a highlight play because there was so many people talking about, oh, my God, Frank Vetrano is going to come in and destroy the Bruins. <laughs> and then the first thing he does is just gets a penalty for interference. That was
4: funny. I thought Carlo had a decent game against Florida. All things considered, he had to uh, step in some huge
1: shoes. Yeah,
4: I thought. I honestly thought the defense didn't play as bad as um,
1: the scoring
4: tells. Yeah, exactly. It's, especially when you look at what was on the ice. You know, um, a lot of a lot of different people have had to step up, and it, it's it's kind of you look at the beginning of the year, we'd win a couple games and then we'd lose a couple games yep. when the whole roster's depleted. Right now, we're 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 winning more than we're losing. But uh the fact that this team is doing what they're doing, as I said before, just puts a smile on my face, considering you're missing pretty much guys, it would be first line players. You're missing your top pair of defense, you're missing your one of the best centermen in the league, best two-way centermen in the league. Um, besides well, he is the best. Um it's just oh, it's it's crazy. Like as much as people get frustrated, yeah, we lost Chicago, we lost Florida. And then we just you know, we're going to talk about what we just did last night. We yeah. put the whole world on check last night because if you watch the, you know, they, they consider themselves the hockey mecca here in Toronto. You got Sportsnet and TSN. First story was it wasn't about the Leafs beating an NHL franchise in Montreal. It was the Bruins winning 3 nothing over Tampa.
1: Yeah. And
4: whilst missing Bergeron Chara, the Bruins, yeah. Matovoi. And- and what did John Cooper, John Cooper, say? Like Bruce Cassidy said, it felt like we were watching a playoff game, and Cooper was like, "Felt like it was a playoff game." And if this is, I'm scared. Yeah, like he, he, he was like, "We, we came at them like it was a playoff game," and Bruins played better.
1: It was Plain just, simple. it was just, and I, I know I've said this, and I'm probably repeating myself many times, but you know, the Florida loss, it, it is what it is. The Chicago loss, it is what it is. But. I'm taking that small sample size out of both of those games and then what they did, even though the Carolina game wasn't the greatest and to start, it was the best finish, this team just finds ways to like get it going and whether it be a a, a stern message in the locker room from Bruce Cassidy or the team just rallying up, I, I just love what I'm seeing and and that, that win last night against Tampa Bay really got me going on in, in, in a playoff um, atmosphere and scenario. About, you know, if we, if we do, it looks like we're going to probably match up against Toronto in the first series. I feel really good about that series now. You know what I mean? I know we have a, a lot more games to go.
4: But yeah. if we could play like we did in the the beating of Toronto 4-1 this year, the two best games the Bruins have played this year were last night and the game where they beat
1: Toronto 4-1. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good things that come out of these these wins like this and it, later in the season. And um, I I do have to flip, but I got seven. Was there nine games left? Uh, Three, check. seven. Hang on a second. Oh, no. 12. 12 games left. Um, and if the Bruins are
4: 500, the, the the Leafs can't lose another game if they want to. If the Bruins remain 500 for the rest of the season, I believe, someone put it out on Twitter, the Leafs can't lose another game for the rest of the season to even think they can beat. go ahead of the Bruins for home ice advantage. Right. Yeah. That's hilarious.
1: And right now the Leafs are in third in the Atlantic with 93 points. The Bruins have 98 points in second. And Tampa Bay has a hundred. So, I mean, games in hand, though. Yeah, there is. There are games in hand, um, but you still play Tampa Bay, I think, two more times, and you still play Florida two more times. So, um, hopefully, I can see
4: the the next game against Tampa is going to be different because I don't know about you guys, but McDonough, uh, I, I didn't even notice him out there. I know. Yeah. Well, he wasn't out there, was he? I'm yeah, he was. Sure is it, was no, was, I'm pretty sure it was his first game last night. He was in the game last night. I know he's been injured. So no, no, same there. here. So I think maybe it might have been the rust. But uh, he was one oh, guy. Man. I was like, yeah, he, he did played play last night. Yeah, not very well. And and Stamkos, oh, correct me. Like I, I know you guys. Goaltenders and watch the defense a little bit more than me. Did you guys not notice Hedman how angry he was playing? He seemed to get frustrated on every little thing. Um The Bruins got into his head, which is a great thing. And Stamkos taking stupid penalties. Yeah, like Carlo did a fantastic job, of, even though Carlo was getting penalties. And I know people are going to get on him. I think he had a good game. Him and Tory Crew were phenomenal out there, and Carlo pissed off Stamkos all night
1: long. Yeah, that's
4: did a great job of it.
1: Yeah, that's what that's what you got to do. Even as a young, he's. I mean, Carlo's still a young, developing player. He's. I mean, he's got. This is his second year in the NHL, so that's what you have to do as a big body like that. You have to get in the heads of these scorers that are so lethal. You know, you can't you can't leave any space with Stamkos on the ice when you when you and when you close that space, you frustrate the crap out of them. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, even on the defensive side, like you said, Court, with Hedman getting all frustrated, that's our forwards driving to the net, gaining their position, and not moving, even though that he's probably the bigger guy. So Yeah, like, Rick
4: Nash wasn't, you know, getting, popping in goals last night, but I think he had one of his best games of the Baroon last night.
1: Yeah, an And that was a game, game that
4: mattered. He, he played phenomenal. He was one of those guys that he was beating the defense and pissing them off and yep. causing chances. Just nope. driving them nuts last night with his with his one-handed deeks and stuff. It was it was good to see when he had to play a team that, you know, as much as people say big games. Well, guess what? Somebody won a big game last night and Camille got a shutout on it. But uh, you know, it was a big game last night and they stepped it up. It was a way bigger game than Florida or Chicago or anything. This Tampa game was a statement game. And some of them saves were like, they just they should have
3: been goals.
1: Oh, the behind the back glove. Yeah, that was crazy and they you know, what's funny is they, they didn't even um, they didn't even give him a, a credit for a save on that
4: Yeah, I saw yeah. that Calman reported that on yeah. Twitter. yeah, yeah, Maddie Kay
1: yeah. I was surprised. I mean it clearly hit his glove and changed direction to me. That's mm-hmm. a that's a save but
4: So oh. and then we had the scary incident. Did you see it Rob? Oh, the David is scared mm-hmm. to the knee. Yeah
1: Yeah, um I got that on the uh on the uh the list of things to talk about in a little bit.
4: And then, you know, crew crew nineteen minutes, three assists, plus one. Uh fantastic game. Like it's just it's it's kinda of funny. He always steps it up and everybody dumps on him. And what were you saying, Rob, but his stats? Uh he's on pace for
3: how many points was it let me look? it up. I think it's around 60 points and it's the first time since Bork that a defenseman will have got 60 points for the Bruins yeah he, he has 51 points right now in 66 games played he's a plus three and he, he has 13 goals on the season I didn't even realize that
1: yeah, isn't he the highest scoring defenseman on the, on the team
3: oh uh, yeah yeah by far I'm pretty sure um but like, he's played totally different this year. I mean, I see him as
4: – he's a leader on the back end as well for some of the younger guys. Yeah. Cass, Cassie agrees with you, and he put that A on that one game, right? In Detroit. Right. And, and when he's- he
3: plays with guys like Carlo, when he played with um, Holden for that game, I think it was Holden's first game that he played with Tory Crew, you could see him telling him, like, I've got the net, you go to the boards or I'm going to the board, you you go to the net. You could hear him shouting constantly. And that's what you want from a defenseman. You want a guy who's verbal. You were talking about Victor Hedman before, and he's one of the more verbal defensemen in the league. And that's why he's so good. He tells his partner what to do, and he does the the rest of the work. Mm-hmm. So I think Tory Krug's... For all the people that have said trade him and he doesn't generate offense... and. Fifty-one points in sixty-six games for a defenseman is really good.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if he
3: if he hits sixty, uh, like, how long until his next contract?
1: Well, I think it's three years away. Yeah, I don't have the cap friendly up right now, but thank God it's three ah.
3: years away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Talking about next week's games uh, in the month of March, it is a pretty light week. Um, you know, playing every other game, every other day. Sorry, but you got tom- uh, tomorrow. You got the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, who are still in the mix in the first wild card position. They're eight and two in their last ten, and uh, they don't have a very good away record at fifteen and seventeen. So.
4: And we'll be playing some desperate hockey.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
4: you're right, Mark. Uh, Krug's contract ends 2019-2020. Cool, Unrestricted you. 2021.
1: Thank you, Court. Um, and then they go on the road for uh, a four-game stint, um, starting off in St. Louis on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. That's going to be a tough game. We don't get to see St. Louis a lot. Uh, believe we, the Bruins beat them the last time they played. And uh, Friday night at eight thirty, they play Dallas, which is going to be a, another great game. Um, Dallas is. Uh... Oh God, <laughs>
4: Tyler's, Tyler, Tyler, second.
1: Yeah, Dallas is currently uh, in the second wild card position. Um, Twenty-six and
4: eight,
3: 11. and
1: su- surprisingly, I didn't even notice that. But St. Louis is out of the playoff picture. Yeah. I mean, well, they have 81 points. Not Dallas has 84, and Colorado has 84, and Los Angeles has 84. So it's really tight right there. So anything could happen, but uh, hopefully... did
3: they, the, they trade Stephanie away to the Jets? They did. To
1: the deadline. blood. Yep. 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 So oh. it's, it's going to be an interesting week regardless. Um, but hopefully uh, I'd like to see a 3-0 and week. Um but we've all, you know, seen difference, differences. Differences. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, the um, the uh, topic of uh, Bruce Cassidy for the Jack Adams is really heating up, and we I wanted to touch on this because there's a lot of people that have are saying that um, uh, Gerald Gallant is is a shoe in for it, and I'm not overly sure about that um i mean nominated yes with bruce cassidy be nominated most likely and, and another one of course but uh, you know it just seems like vegas has t- taken a little downturn uh with their recent play which could possibly give cassidy uh an uphand uh on winning it so there's a lot of people that yeah. want to, want us to talk about it, so what do you guys think?
3: It's going to be um, Vegas with Gallant, and then it's going to be Tampa Bay's coach, and then our coach. So I, I think that's a tough one to call. It depends what uh, Tampa and Vegas do by the end of the season because there's still time left you never know if a team's just going to go on a streak now and win a lot of games. But it's... To be fair, the Bruins had a good team, but Vegas, that team wasn't... didn't look that impressive coming out of the draft, and I'm really surprised with them. So I have a feeling Garland's going to
4: win it. But I don't know.
1: Yeah,
4: I, I, I was thinking, you know, Cooper has a good. I, I still think Cassie has a better chance over Cooper, um, especially the way, you know, it's going right now. But if Boston, if Boston gets ahead of Tampa and comes pretty darn close to winning the Presidents' Trophy, and Vegas continues to sputter, then Cassie has a good chance. But the problem is, he Gallant's been the the hands down contender for this all year long from the way they've been playing. Like he's taken a team that's supposed to suck, but the problem is, everybody's got the mentality that from back in the day when Anaheim and San Jose and all them broke in the league and yeah those teams sucked but Vegas had the option of not picking garbage players yeah. they picked a good pretty decent hockey club it's showing on the scoreboard how they're beating hockey teams but Glant is also a fantastic coach and it has a lot to do with the way Florida embarrassed them how they, they fired them um, and he's done a great job in, in in Vegas I think as of right now it ends today Glant wins Cassie's second Cooper's third There you go. In the
3: voting. I didn't realize Nashville were in
4: first place with 104 points as well. Yeah, I was
1: just about to say that.
4: Nashville's unbelievable, though. You look at that roster, and I say they're going 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 all the way. But as well,
3: with Vegas, I see probably more as GM of the year because some of the trades that he did when he was going to pick up players are unreal. And then stiff the team even more by picking someone – that they kind of wanted to keep him.
1: David Poyle, David Poyle yeah. is a good general manager.
0: They, I love those trades
3: where it's like, oh, we'll give you this guy if you don't
4: touch these certain players. And then they go, okay,
3: and then they take <laughs>
4: him anyway. Well, cool. look at look at the, the Carlson they got from Columbus. Columbus wanted them to take him. And he's only leading the scores. Yep. Okay. Uh, On Mark andre Fleury, Pittsburgh's like, please take him. And they wanted to take him anyways, and they took a draft pick with him, and he's yeah, one of the best boys yeah. It is, it, you know, Vegas is a beautiful story. It's great for the league. Um, you know, we all love the game of hockey, and it would be better. You know, I'm not saying they don't deserve it, I say they do deserve it, but it's a better story um, if Vegas has, you know, Coach of the Year, makes playoffs. It's going to help a team like Seattle. It's, it's, it's going to help the league. And the more things that help the league, I hate being the, the corporate guy, but more things that help the league, it helps the players. It's a better thing.
1: Let me, let me ask you guys something, now that we're talking about expansion teams like like Vegas, when Seattle it comes to fruition, okay, which is is it, it's most likely definitely gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think that players now are gonna be like more apt to like waive trade clauses to go to a a place like Seattle because of the success that that Vegas had this year this season? It's not that. Yeah. It's not that I'm afraid to go there, kind of, because it's new thing anymore. It's like, oh my god! I mean, if Vegas can do it, maybe they can too.
3: I think you got to look at it at the same way as Will GMs give up the same type of players they did, because, like, look at William Carlson. Would you leave him unprotected if he if he knew he was going to do that? No, hell no. So <laughs> I, I I think the way the the draft goals will probably change. I think if they did it the old style, where it was a lot of the younger players that were available than the older guys, then he probably wouldn't have had that team in Vegas. It wouldn't have been that good. Right. The good thing about that team is there's so much veteran presence and so many. Like, you got a mix of old guys and young guys, and everyone gets on with each other and they're teaching each other. I mean, like, Flurry playing with Subban has made Subban better. Yes, like I, I've seen Subban play so many times. I've watched the AHL games, and he plays totally different now. So well, we'll
1: just- and, we, and I had this conversation with Josh uh, from uh, ShippingUpTheCauseway dot com, um, and we both said that it's it's due because there's somebody with Subban all the time. There's a goalie coach yeah. that doesn't basically leave his side. And that's the luxury he didn't have in Providence, so. Yeah. Um, he
3: doesn't show that frustration as much either. But right. Going back to the whole expansion drafting, I think you you'll probably see guys with the no uh, no trade clauses, but it'll be you guys like Adam McQuaid.
1: Stuff well, like he that. doesn't have a no trade.
3: Well, no, but it'll be those kind of guys that want to get like playing bottom pair in minutes, want to play higher in the right. standings. Like, they'll want to go to a team like that because they'll get more playing time, probably get more money. Yeah, um, it, it sucks being a guy who has to sit at the bottom of a team. Like, Look at the Bruins, you've got guys like, I'm sure Giampa wants to play higher in the lineup, but he can't right now. Because like, the top two lines are playing so good, you're not going to stick a Guy like him up there so same thing with that he'd probably if he was still on the Bruins when Seattle come around he'd probably want to go there so
1: and he'd probably be one of the players that uh, are going to be exposed either him or Miller yeah just just just, if just not, right and and not saying that McQuaid and Miller are terrible and they need to go to an expansion team it's, when you think about the business, it's a contract. You're freeing up yeah. a little bit of money to use in elsewhere to you know make the team better, regardless of what happens at the end of this season and the playoffs.
3: Yeah, and teams are going to start signing really weird players just so they can expose them to the draft, I think. But you're going to see the bottom sixes in a lot of teams look a lot different. It's crazy. And it's only the guys who know that they're going to be in player contention that sign the better guys. Because you don't want to lose a young kid who's got a lot of promise to a team when you could have an old guy on the roster and let that guy play in the AHL. So Right. Yeah.
1: S- speaking of crazy, um Tuka Rask, the shutout last night was the first time that Tampa Bay has been shut out this season. It's
4: actually the first time since I think last season by Tuka Rask.
1: Yes. Yeah. Someone said on
4: on the TV while watching the game.
1: So, um, Court, cool. you got some numbers for me for us, right?
4: Uh, the the Tuka Rask. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it's his fifth thirty-win season. He is now at the top of the Boston Bruins all time for thirty-goal seasons, thirty-win seasons.
1: And that's is that consecutive or just as a, as a career?
4: Uh, let me pull it up.
1: I think it's consecutive.
4: It would make sense if it is. Mm. I don't know. I'm gonna pull it up though. Okay. I couldn't say yes or no. So he's got. When did Thomas leave? Well, when did I mean, Thomas quit on the when Thomas quit on the team? Um. Twenty twelve. Yeah. Thirteen season. Yeah, because he didn't leave. Right? He he gave up on his whole team. Didn't go yeah, to so White. it must be consecutive seasons, and
3: it's the yeah. season
4: that he's been a start. I'm gonna pull it up. Keep, keep going. I didn't have it in front of me. My bad. It was, no problem. Was new expansion talk there. <laughs> um, yes yeah, That's weird. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, that's consecutive. Since 2013, he had 36, 34, 31, 37, and now 30. And he doesn't play the big games.
1: No. Oh, no, no. no, no he wins,
4: doesn't, doesn't win the big games. Craps his pants. Yeah. Um, Yada, 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 throws his team under the bus. Um, what else? Shuts what else? out oh. the number two seed in yeah, the yeah. And, and, and <laughs> Just, then that, the know. new one is, well, not the new one, but now the only thing they can say they keep over and over is the, oh, but he makes $7 million a year. They can't win if you got $7 million a year. I, someone said on Twitter last night, uh, he wins the cup. They still won't shut up. Right. Yeah, but the thing is,
3: like, you look at Chicago, they have a $7 million dollar in Brent Seabrook and you don't see all their fans going, Ah, just nah throw him under a bus, get rid of him somehow. No, nope. well, actually like, lately this year they're saying get rid of him but that's Well yeah, but the last few seasons that he hasn't been incredible, they haven't been doing it. But there's a lot of there's a lot of teams where they have that one
4: guy that half of the fan base don't seem to like. Well, it's not just the one guy. The fans like to dump on Toy Crew, only when he has bad games. Brendan Carlos have a great game. The guy gets a second penalty, and all of a sudden, social media is like, he's the worst defenseman in the world. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Chara's over. Chara's, Chara's a bag of poop. Um, uh, McQuaid sucks. Uh, Krejci's overpaid. Jeez, um, at the beginning of the year, there was a writer who said that Bergeron's days were numbered. Like, come on now. Like,
1: <laughs> oh, the, well, the, the narratives. Man.
4: Yeah, don't it, even it is what it is. You know them. what? <laughs> yeah. It Doesn't matter. Tuka played fantastic last night. The team played fantastic, and that's all that matters. As long as the team yeah. wins, team plays great. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I you just push out all the other noise.
1: Yeah, W in points. That's all I'm concerned about. Yeah. Um, a- with the uh, the game against the, I, I know we're going backwards a little bit, but um, I want to discuss it because it was it was a big t- to do. Uh, the back is hit on, uh, t- um, is it Konexie? T- no, yeah, that's... Trojack. Tro- Tro-
4: oh. Tro- yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, what, what did you guys think of that? I mean, obviously there was no, uh, you know, he's not going to get suspended, but...
3: That is not a hit from behind ever I, in any... Jesus Christ. What was that? I don't know what that was about.
1: I don't either. I mean, uh, I think... Trocek put his, himself in a, a pretty vulnerable position with his head down, trying to find the puck, and then, bam, here comes... And Bacchus and, and didn't throw the elbow up. He just... Bacchus is a tall guy. He just basically plowed into him.
3: Well, it was his shoulder, and yeah. it went through... It hit the peak of his shoulder, hit Trocek's shoulder, and then Trocek's head bounced onto, like... Uh, Bacchus, and then he flopped like a fish and went down. And then when the refs stop the play and then say, oh, Bacchus hit from behind, and then they show the replay, and Trocek's like holding his stick out around Bacchus. Uh,
4: no. Just, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can we get was,
3: some new refs.
4: Yeah, How I, I just thought it was the same same hit as the Hornquist on McAvoy. Yeah! But yeah. It was less than no. Oh no, it was less, but it's cool. just—it's—it's it's still a hockey play. It's still a hit.
1: It's just the right? inconsistencies of calls these days, and you know, hopefully the uh, the GM meetings, which I believe are—I think this week—are um, gonna some get get some clarity to this whole thing because it's just—I mean—and it, I'm not saying it's against the Bruins all the time, but. It just seems like we're getting some you know it, it once we make the hit it it's it's up for question, but when we get hit, everything's okay.
3: I think they should bring in you should be able to challenge the call of a penalty
4: mm.
3: I know it slows down the game, but like that mm-hmm. are you like if if I was the coach and I looked up and saw the replay and I heard the rest of it. Hitting from behind and then just saw the screen, I'd be like, No, do you wanna go do you wanna look up and just have a quick check? You stupid. <laughs> and that's why they stand under the screen so they can't see it.
1: Yeah. It'll I bet never some happen. of them
3: see the reflection in the glass and just like say the penalty and then go, I'm gonna get killed.
4: Like, I'm gonna get jumped after this game. The good I'd news hate is to be a ref. Jesus. He did not get suspended. That's the good news. Yeah. Thing. yeah. It, it sucks that he was out of the game, um, but it ended up being a meaningless game. And uh, someone joked on Twitter, well, I guess he needed the rest again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know cool. he was pissed. He was like, you know, I just want to go back to playing hockey. Like, it's, are, they, like it's, are they really just going to take out checking out of the game?
1: I know. That's what it seems like, like it's watch. coming down to.
3: Have you heard that the NHL want players to stop calling out the NHL yeah. uh, interviews. I love and that this, article. This that happened. was a Sportsnet article
1: too, and I read the whole this thing. Happened
3: as soon as the Brad Marchand thing happened. Yeah. Like, you know, when he got interviewed after the game. And people are making these jokes where, like, Bacchus got a penalty and they said, uh, game misconduct for Bacchus. Uh, and then it was like, Marchand heading to the dressing room.
4: And I was now, like, that's <laughs> what it's possible question the for you guys. beat up. The, the real question is, Marchand does that hit. What happens?
1: Oh, oh sus- suspension.
4: suspension. Yeah. Easy. Easily. Know that's, not, not, that's, not that's not even not saying. If the doubt, you think that he meant to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's well, not even being biased at all. Yeah.
4: Oh, and and to your previous point, when you are talking about Krug there, Rob, um, yeah. Bruins Network put on Twitter last night, or, sorry, today, I, I, when you said it, I was like, I remember this. Krug is now tied his career high in points, 51, with 13 goals, 38 assists, and 51 in 66 games. <clears throat> he's yes. the sixth. He's tied for sixth in points among defensemen in the NHL.
1: That's sick. He's in the top ten, and everybody and hates much
4: him. how does he get 5.5. <laughs> I,
1: 5. I, I,
4: 5. I
3: hold on. I, I literally I was, just had that on the screen.
1: Yeah.
3: I wonder and what his cap is compared 5. to point, the other top ten. It's 5.25. Oh, okay. And he's top ten in the NHL right now. Remember, football. he's garbage. Wow.
1: Yeah, uh silent.
3: <laughs> just, uh, just bag of hooks. That's all we need.
1: How about the play of Riley Nash covering for uh the injured uh Patrice Bergeron on that top line. Um <laughs> in in my opinion, I honestly think that he has just transformed his his total game. Uh it, it, he was this, this year has been a surprise year for me anyway. But this role that he's taken on uh, while Bergeron is away, uh, recovering from his injury, is just another level that I've never seen um, since uh, Riley's been at Bruin for the last two years. Um, it's something to talk about. I mean, he is doing what he has to do. And, and like Court was saying during the off-air uh, uh, discussion, It's the next man up mentality, and and they're doing it within the organization and and within the NHL organization without going down deep and finding another guy, even though, you know, bottom bottom six roles are being filled from guys like from Providence and so on. But um, I think his game's been really nice, and he's, I mean, it is a contract year for him, so I don't know where that's going to go. I mean, obviously, this is... This is really good on his resume, though.
3: He's playing himself out of a contract for next season. Because
1: yeah, he's going to want know. money, right?
3: Well, if you can fill in for a guy like Bergeron and actually do his job for him, I think you should be playing somewhere instead of the fourth line. Or the third line in his case. Because
4: you're not getting paid enough. Right. Yeah, and he's only making 900000 So for his age, 28... He is the best $900,000 in the league. Oh, yeah, by fall. Yeah, bar none. And,
1: and in the celebration me, of St. Paddy's he's, Day,
4: he's a, he's a ginger. There you go. Can, can you not
3: remember um, the same thing happened with Carl Soderberg?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. a
3: great defensive sentiment, played himself out of a contract, and now he gets paid Four point five million dollars for, I think
4: it's six years for Colorado. Yeah. And do we? And do, do you think Sweeney's going to do another Gregory Campbell? Like the guy was great for us, but he got a big contract, and it's he should have just been let go. Yeah. Uh, it it's yeah. sucks. You look at Riley Nash. You just look at the depth chart. You're like, okay, you don't sign Riley Nash. Who do you got? Oh yeah, you got JFK. You got uh, Jax. You got all these guys that are going to be Ryan Fitzgerald, yep uh, oh. Copan, and you've got. Kobe, K, There's so many guys.
1: Yeah, so many think guys. They fill that
4: third, really like, fill that third center role, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a real tough one. Like, what's, the, what's Donato play? Center. Center. Trent Fred Frederick. Well, oh, center. 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 Cameron, Cameron. Hughes. Center. Center. Well, who's to say? I, I know I'm asking the question purposely, but who's to say these guys can't? Fill in like JFK. Who's to say JFK really can't or Bjork could go back to center? Like just all these guys. Like who's to say these guys can't fill that role next year? As right. much as Riley Nash is amazing, like he's played phenomenal. Do you really want to give him all that money if maybe you can still not pay those other guys? Maybe somehow resign Rick Nash.
1: Yeah. And you know what I you're would talking about.
4: Let Riley go. re-sign
3: Nash for a year. And yeah. have a young kid come up and do Riley's yeah. job cuz oh yeah Nash was playing the center role because you're going
4: to have you know all these guys that are young on our team now rookies like your Heinen's and your Russ they're not going to be rookies next year so you can't say that they're the young guys and we've do they've got some decisions like Gianta not coming back sorry sorry about your luck pal. I, I don't no, know not a chance in the world I'll say that. Like I don't know. If they brought Gianta back, I'm sorry. Sweeney, you got a serious problem. The guy's thirty nine years old. He's not Susan Chara, Right. And then you got Tommy Wingles. It, it, but Schaller, like, it's like tough. They're both the same kind of guy. It's it's really tough. You look at the who's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year and Ryan Nash, sorry, buddy. It's just it's gonna be tough to bring him back.
1: Yeah, the-
3: to
4: be fair, I think Gianta
3: is gonna retire at the end of the year. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. He's played he well. He looks Every game, when it gets to, like, two minutes left and they show the bench, he looks half dead.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> he's got that yeah. chara like, red nose thing where it
4: starts to glow at the end of a game. Yeah. He's, um, you know, he's had a great career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a great pickup. Like, Sweeney looks like a genius for it. He's he's filled in great. Yeah. yeah the, he I, I don't see him playing up to do it. Yeah, I don't think he's playing it. I, I think he'll be up on the ninth floor watching a lot of games in the playoffs, but this is what it is.
1: The additions of uh, players like Gianta and and Wingles, you know, they're good depth moves for what the Bruins are trying to do this season and in the playoffs. These -hmm. are not moves that are going to be signed for long term, you know. But you never know
4: with Wingles. Like, he's supposed to be, um, you know, the the thing about him is he's an amazing locker room guy. And as you saw on Behind the Bee, I don't know if you guys saw it. He was one of the guys that, like, Sweeney really wanted. Like, he was one of his targets for the deck. Yeah. He was a target. It wasn't just, hey, we can get Wingles. It was, we're trying to get Wingles. Yeah. And he's been a good player so far. Mm -hmm.
1: Throws his body around. He's got some speed to him. I saw him play a His follow-checking is unreal. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I noticed. Even at the AHL level, when he was with the Worcester um, um, Sharks, uh, and, they, and they played the New England teams like 12 times, and they played you know the Providence Bruins 12 times a season. That's one thing that I noticed was his speed, his grittiness, and, and his forechecking. So I, I had the pleasure of watching many games that he's played in, and, and at the NHL level too if I had a chance to watch the Sharks uh, out west. Um, uh, speaking of western teams, going back to the, um, the uh, upcoming schedule, uh, next Friday, well, this coming Friday, sorry, they're playing the Dallas Stars. So um, this uh, kind of segue into the uh, David Pasternak versus Tyler Sagan debate. Um, I This is a good one because, <laughs> obviously, Tyler Sagan's been in the league a little bit longer than, than David Pasternak. But uh, just by the way David's been playing... Uh, this season and last, I I would have to, and because he's still a Bruin, I, I definitely have to give it to, to David Pasternak on this one. There's a lot of people still out there that still do not like that trade and want want Tyler back, but
3: it's totally different system over there. So, yeah, um, I like what Pasternak does. I think he has these games where he still looks as young as he is. Like he don't. You don't expect him to be a young guy anymore. Um, but you, he has them games where he just kind of throws the puck into space and skates off. But I think he's going to be great by I really do. And all that time he's got to mature is really
4: good. Yeah, like, right now, Tyler like is a better hockey player. But yeah. this is... It, Someone said to me, Oh, you can't compare. Well, like, you can compare. You can compare anything. The actual like the whole word compare means anyways, it makes me laugh. But um overall, what what he brings to the team, what he brings to the locker room, I, I think Basternak would be better have a better career longevity in the NHL than and Segan will. It's just the way I look at it. I d I don't see Dallas winning any cups any day soon. I, I think um pasta is more of a um a compliment to players Segan's a centerman but i don't know i would we still even be able to have all these players on our team if we still had Segan on the roster we could never answer that question but if the rumors are true and here's my whole thing because you know i'm about chemistry and players getting along and stuff if the rumors are true of what happened not the drinking part but that other stuff yeah then sorry like I wouldn't want anything to do with this guy with a 10-foot pole. And someone was mentioning to me, if you look at it, in Game 7 against the Leafs, yes, Sagan was on the ice when they scored the game winner. But when they had to tie the game, Sagan was on the bench. Hmm. Nathan Horton was on the ice. Yep. And I know that's the other guy in question. Now, there's... No way in the world that they were so adamant about wanting to trade this guy and making it publicly how they did like on behind the bee. Yeah. if some of those rumors aren't true. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's not just about the drinking. So as much as Marshawn and all that, and they joke around with the guy and all that, but you never he, you seem to see only Marshawn's like the only one that jokes around with them before games and talks to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: So something happened there, man. So unfortunately, as much as people loved him and I know like a lot of fans thought he was cute and all that great stuff. And he's a phenomenal hockey player. I'm not. But character to me wins all. And as much as Brad Marchand does that crap on the ice, supposedly off the ice, he's a great guy. So, sorry, Tyler Sagan. If you did supposedly, and I'm saying supposedly because I can't prove it, slept with Nathan Horton's wife, you're a scumbag. You shouldn't be on this team. And I'm glad you're not. Plain and simple. Yep. So right away, you lose all, and I just choose past that. Plus, as Mark said before, I'm going to choose whoever's wearing the black and gold. This is what it is.
1: Yeah. The
4: guy is no longer here. I don't care anymore. And the fact that it's going to be the narrative again when we play him, it's it's literally get over it, people. He no yeah. longer plays here. He's not coming back. Yeah. The only guy I want back is Mark Savard. Yeah, yeah right? No, like, seriously. The rest of it, you know what? I don't care. Once you're gone, you're gone.
1: I got to reach out to him and see if he wants to join the show because I know he's been doing a ton of podcasts lately.
4: Yeah.
1: I think he'd be a fantastic guest. He's Huge also classic. been
3: doing a thing on uh, YouTube how to tape your stick up.
1: Yeah, I yeah. love it. I absolutely love that. I share as much as I can, and I watch it, because it's, it's really cool how he breaks everything down and different <laughs> techniques of taping your stick. And
4: Just to let right now, it's heel to toe. Yep. And that's how you do it. I'm just saying. That's just my, uh,
1: <laughs>
4: my personal preference. Heel to that's how
1: I was taught, and that's how I'll always tape my stick.
4: Oh, yeah. But, like, any of these players, once they're no longer a Bruin, you know, thanks for anything, unless you're Ray Bork. Other than that, like, Sagan was here for a bit. Like, come on, he wasn't even here for long enough to, to have all those feelings. I don't know. It's just weird for me. I'd rather have Thornton or um, Kessel back in the prime than Sagan. So. Yeah, and Thornton, that's still to this day, I, I don't understand it. Yeah. That one making no sense to me, but we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't think yeah. you're trading a guy like Tyler Seguin if you don't, if there isn't a problem in the dressing room. And the thing,
3: I'm the sorry, thing is,
4: no one really sorry. caused to stink about it when it happened, right? Like the players yeah. didn't go, oh, they should never have traded him. No, everyone just got on with it. Yeah, yeah.
3: I I think you only see it when you see some players go, like when Fleury went from uh, Pittsburgh. Every player had something to say about it on Twitter.
4: Yeah, they like, they miss him. Yeah, and when a guy like Sagan went, nothing. Yeah, and how I about know... this? With Montreal Canadiens, you guys see what they did in the warm-up last night? No, I don't. This, this goes to Thomas Bocanek's character. They were all wearing a that's awesome. awesome.
1: What was it? What was it? that's?
4: What was it? That goes to the character. They all a bunch of the a bunch of the guys, like Gallagher and all those guys. They wore turtlenecks in the in the warm up. <laughs> oh no, kidding! But that's amazing.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's yeah, that's a huge shout so he's out. He's
4: been there since he was drafted. So like like, and I understand people's points. Like some people were saying to me, "Oh, like, but Tyler Seguin's just that good." But you know what? You can score all the goals in the world and all that, but if no one wants to play with you and no one trusts you on that ice. Yeah, I mean, he he to be on this hockey club. if if yeah, you,
3: yeah, but I could put like Noel Achari in between Jamie Ben and Alexander Radulov, and he'd put
4: points up. Like,
1: yeah, but when the it comes to that,
4: that he is on his unreal. Sagan, Sagan would get the points without those guys. But oh yeah, Ben Ben has done a fantastic job in reeling in
1: Sagan. Yeah, when you think about two different players and two different styles of game between Tyler Zagan and another, what when you? when you think about how disliked you are throughout the league, I compare him to like an Alex Burrows. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, they are two different players uh, offensively, big time. No doubt about it. But, I mean, I heard a story on a podcast a couple months ago about Alex Burrows always, and out of the kindness of his heart, but I know there's an angle why he does this, always goes out and makes sure that he goes to off-season charity events with other players in the league not just his teammates because the fact is that he wants to do it to get known he doesn't want to be known as being a scumbag anymore he wants to make friends but you know i i just i think that's kind of dumb in my opinion i think you should just do it out of the kindness of your heart and you know if you want to contribute to a charity event you should just stay home and and, and and dump some money towards them, but don't don't go there trying to make friends and, and use that as a way to to communicate. I just think that that was just really stupid.
4: And I don't want to put this as a dump on Sagan, because once again, I'm saying he's there's there's many and many and many, he's a top ten player in the league. He is. Oh yeah, no doubt. Skill set. He's a top ten player in the league. But like I said, I'm basing this all on a rumor, and if the rumor is true, and it seems to be. You know what? I don't want anything to do with the guy. Right. It's a morals thing. I I don't know. I wouldn't trust him. I wouldn't even trust him as a friend.
1: That's true. All right, gentlemen. That is the show for today and this week. Glad to be back with you after a rough weekend last weekend. Uh, time always goes by fast. Uh, please, everybody, follow us on uh, on Twitter. Um, and. Uh, if you want to buy our merchandise, all the listens are a nine, but you'd be a ten if you went to bngshop.bigcartel.com and bought some merch. It looks good. We are selling a lot of stuff, and it's and it's exciting. So uh, we get some limited uh limited edition sweatshirts and t-shirts and a lot of good stuff. So check it out and support yeah. the show. And then
3: sweatshirts won't be there long because it's heating up a bit. Yeah. And, and,
4: really and some people forget them. <laughs> <laughs> Myself yeah. included.
1: I forgot mine too when we, we were when we were with Thomas. So
4: Thomas went out of his way to bring them to us and did <laughs> a phenomenal job getting everything prepared and even doing the whole thing of getting the shirts made and the the hoodies. And we
1: totally, totally blew it. Yeah. My um, apologies,
4: Thomas. Yeah. I wouldn't have forgotten On
3: air. Thomas. I'd have made sure I had mine
1: him and his fiance were absolutely a pleasure to meet along with your friends court um
4: yeah and and lauren
1: yeah lauren lauren was good and and her friend and adam and we had a nice little crew um before and after the game and it was a lot of fun so i wish we could do that more often but we will get together sooner or later this time i want mr rob tomlin to get his ass over here and watch a game i will (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening, um, and take care.
0: Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 90%
4: rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal. David Backus And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at college hockey.
1: Champions of the college hockey world. Puck gets under the skate of Nikki Petty and Jack Stanika short-handed breakaway scores. Tucks it in underneath Cole CC and it's a one-nothing Oshawa lead. Now McLeod mishandles and Donato tries to make the pay. Here's Donato. In deep, Ryan Donato curls and scores. A highlight reel goal for
0: Ryan Donato. Goes to his left. In front, and that's Fred Frederick on the one-time redirect. Frederick with his fourth
1: and team USA now up eight to two. Hey, everyone's fans. As mentioned earlier, uh, we have Josh back. Uh, he writes for the com website. Uh, Josh, welcome back. We're going to talk a little bit of prospects. Uh, hey, Mark. I was glad to do prospect talk with you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, um, sorry about last week. I, I, I mentioned earlier that I was a little... Uh, uh, a little drunk, but... <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, at least it was for a good cause, though. It was a, oh, what it was a, a great game to be at. What a blast.
1: Absolute yeah, blast those it seems guys. It
2: like seems like the Bruins have had quite a number of these kind of almost
1: 80s-style games where the score just gets run so high. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it was it was a great day. And, and it just the next day, I just absolutely paid for it. So I, I feel <laughs> like a rookie when it comes to alcohol consumption, but... Regardless, I'm glad that you you understood and you and you oh, yeah. and you came back to <laughs> I had quite
2: a number of those days myself. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh let's just jump right into it with the uh American Hockey League, the Providence Bruins, uh the Baby Bees. Had two games last week. Um they did they were on the road the weekend before for two games and then they didn't have a Sunday game. So it's just gonna bring us right into uh our discussion right now and on Friday, March sixteenth, two thousand eighteen, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, uh, the Providence Bruins hosted the uh, Rochester Americans. Um, the first period, uh, Adam Peril got his uh, sixth goal of the season from Augustino and Chris Breen at the fifteen twenty-six mark. And the second period, uh, Connor Clifton got on the uh, on the board with his third goal at the six fifty-one mark, unassisted. And then. It was the start of the Austin Zarnick show, and, and this kid's just been amazing this season. Um, he scores his 18th from uh, Fitzgerald and Cross, which was on the power play at 814. And jumping to the third period, uh, Zarnik again with his 19th goal from Augustino and Fitzgerald, another power play goal at 541. And to end the game, Zarnik caps off the hat trick. Uh, his twentieth goal from cross at the nineteen oh seven, which was an empty net goal. Uh, shots on goal were forty nine shots to thirty one. Rochester shots, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, Providence was pretty good on the power play with two uh, two for five. McIntyre with a win, um, stopping twenty eight of thirty one. Your thoughts on that game, sir? That was an amazing
2: game to watch. I'm so glad that work was kind of quiet Friday night to allow me to be able to keep an eye on that game because that was a fun one. That was a real good game to be at. It it felt like the entire team kind of came together for that win. There was not just, besides Austin Zarnick, there was not just one person who was standing out above the rest. It seemed like the defense kind of held down pretty tightly it seemed like the uh, forward lines were all rolling effectively the power play was good which has kind of been a sore spot for me it seems like they uh kind of get in my minus column a lot uh, except lately I, I gotta give them that they have done quite a good job lately but it seemed like every kind of facet of providence's game was crisp clean and ready to go for that night they
1: absolutely came out to play and they did such a good job of it yeah and 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 jumping back on the austin zarek um hype. Uh he's just been an amazing player this season. Um with with those points. Um we'll get to uh last night's game when he didn't score any points. But uh he's got fifty eight points and he's literally five points behind um Lehigh Valley's Phil Verone for the uh, league lead, so it's cur- he's currently in third place right now. So My only concern about
2: Zarnik is, I think we've been over this before, but I'm worried that he's kind of a tweener a la Seth Griffith from uh, years prior, just that he's... I'm I'm not 100% on his skating. He's got the shot, he's got the release, he's got the accuracy, he's even pretty good at the faceoff top, but I don't know, there's just a, one component of his game that I'm... I, I can't pick it out exactly, but there's something, he's not a, he, he's a very good player, but he's not a complete player yet. And I'm hoping that he can put it together and kind of figure out what it, it'll take for him to get to the next level.
1: Oh, that, and, and no, you're absolutely right there. I mean, that, that's, that happens with a developing player and, and as a, I believe, a 25-year-old. 24, 25 year twenty-five-year-old. He's still developing. So, yeah, exactly. And, and those points that you brought up might be the thing that the NHL Bruins see too, and why he's not at that type, at that higher level.
2: Yeah, it's just like an there's an it factor to certain call-ups. You know, we we saw Danton Heinen. He got he started the year with uh, Boston, um, not this season, but last season, this season as well. But he went down, played a year in Providence and then came back up this season, and it was as if you saw a night and day player. There was a He was invisible last season, and then this season he stepped up and he made his mark, and I think that's what Zarnick needs to do to solidify a spot
1: in an NHL roster. Absolutely. Zane um, McIntyre, actually, I mean, he's been playing well. I'm not saying, I'm not going to down his efforts this season they they were not they're far from his numbers of last year but uh, i thought on friday night he did play very well um he given up that first goal in the uh let me see i need to bring my my numbers back here yeah, yeah. that was at 113
2: that kind of re- that was kind of reminiscent of when he'd give up that that one goal, like early in the game, that you could almost time your watch by it kind of it was very reminiscent of that,
1: yeah and I think we talked about um him doing that, i mean he just it almost like he's he's not fully prepared, and then he when he lets that goal within the two minute range in the air quotes I just uh showed um he he recovers very well, you know it's almost like he got beat, then now it's time to get to work and 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 I believe that the guys in front of him see that. They work harder and, and in results they come up with a 5 to 3 win.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It was it was good to see him kind of regain his form. It's almost like the the NHL Bruins where you know, they go down by a goal, it's no big deal. They use that as almost motivation and they win the game. We've seen that how many times this season with the big club and they've done a fine job thus
4: far.
1: And then jump into last night's game against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms at the PPL Center. Um, they they just there was forty thirty four shots that Lehigh took, thirty three shots that the Bruins took, and from my experience in watching that game last night, I just thought that the game the game action was there for the Providence Bruins, but no finish. No finish. They they, they couldn't capitalize on anything. Um, it was, you know, it was just a it, tough game to watch. Um, Jordan Bennington, in that he's he had a good, uh, a, he's having a good season as a uh, as a lone player from the St. Louis Blues organization, and he stopped thirty one to thirty four. So his game was there. It was just the, the guys in the front. Yeah, you, you know going back to this just no finish uh, and Dustin toharski was absolutely standing on his head so that was
2: probably the best game I've seen tokarski play yeah and that was that was, he had the game of his life
1: yeah so the Bruins get shut out three to nothing um I don't know where to go with this with this game and yeah. and and my biggest thing Josh is is how this team is gonna respond today against uh the Bridgeport Sound Tigers with the puck set to drop at um at 3:05. I believe it's is it in Providence? It's in Providence. Yeah, so they had to go out to Lehigh
2: Valley and then get their ass kicked, come back home on short rest to play the to play a rested Bridgeport Sound Tigers team. Yeah. So today's going to be one of those Statement games where they're going to need to dig real deep and figure out what they're made of because yeah, exactly It's gonna to, it today is going to be a real tough challenge for them
1: Yeah, and the season record uh, between this uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers and the Providence Bruins is uh is 4-4-0-1 um, in the this year and um, Let's see if there's anything else No, so they they, they got to respond. I am I'm, I'm pretty guaranteeing that uh, uh Zane McIntyre gets to start today. Uh because they, he normally does the Friday game Friday Sunday games and gives the uh the uh the duties to Bennington on uh, on the Saturday. So Yeah, exactly. So the nice thing is um
2: I heard from Mark Diver that apparently Zane McIntyre didn't even make the trip out to Lehigh Valley because He's going to make the trip to just sit there on the bench. And they called up the uh, goalie from – not Dan Vladar, but the goalie from – the backup goalie from Atlanta to just kind of sit on the bench, kind of meet them there, just sit on the bench and do his thing, and then he would be returned today. So Zane's actually still in – he was in in Providence this entire weekend, thankfully. So at least Zane will be – hopefully – Fresh and ready to go. I didn't know Fresh that.
1: As I didn't know that. Uh, Josh dropping the knowledge. I love it. It's <laughs> why <Until laughs> um, you have me on here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did a lot of soul searching to find the right person that can uh, bring those tidbits. So it's always <laughs> welcome to have you back. <laughs> Actually, you know what? We, we, we might as well just say it now. I'm thinking about. I mean, we, we've talked about it with the with the other guys, and we'd love to have you on on a weekly basis. So. If you're interested, I'd love to have it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to uh, join
2: you guys whenever my work schedule allows. It's just healthcare, three to eleven doesn't right. exactly make it easy to uh, join you guys, but I absolutely would love to.
1: Yeah, but that, and that's a perfect reason. I mean, we, we're going to do the the NHL Bruins in the first hour, and then we could talk prospects in the second hour, and we can yeah, work with your schedule. So, absolutely perfect. Um, so. As of right now, the uh, in the Atlanta division, the Providence Bruins are in third place. And I, you know, what I find funny this season, and I'm not sure if if I ever noticed this last year, but is it the American Hockey League is actually ranking the teams by winning percentage and not points? No, it's not points. Yeah, you're right. That's I. I always thought it would be by points, but no. I heard
2: you're not the person. That, first person I I saw this talk about this either it's uh a couple of people at the dunk have been mentioning it and it's not about you're right it's not about points this season it's about win percentage which is a stat i've never seen as a measuring stick it's always been how many points do you have and um what's your regulation or overtime win percentage and that is kind of a secondary fact it wasn't like the primary measuring rod it was
1: points it, just, it doesn't make any sense that right now in the Atlanta division, the Providence Bruins and 63 games at 37, 21, 3, and 2 was 79 points, but the winning percentage is a point six two seven. Now, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Penguins have played two less games. They have one less win. They, the 19 losses, they have 78 points, and they have a 639 winning percentage, and they're technically in second place, which...
2: Just barely ahead of us, but actually, I, I don't know. Maybe with the game today, we can pull that, that uh, record just a little bit closer. I, I, I don't even know how they do the math with this, other than yeah, I'm, I'm not really good at math. But yeah, I, I think we can pull pretty close to a Wilkes Bear today if they can uh, pull off that win against Bridgeport, which would be good because that would push Bridgeport a little further south than the Charlotte Checkers, and I'm imagining that the Checkers are probably going to play lehigh valley who's in first place so let them beat each other up before we have to play whoever's left yeah
1: and um and with nine games left to go i believe in the uh providence Bruins season the uh the matchup today against bridgeport i mean they're they're, they're playing bridgeport's playing well they're seven three and zero in the last in the last ten and they're, they're on a one game winning streak so um it's gonna be a no, big test like they're
2: on a they're on a one game losing streak
1: Oh, yeah, I just saw that. Sorry, my eyes got a little (laughs) cross-eyed.
2: No, I was actually looking at the Charlotte Checkers and I was like, no, that's two win streak. And then I
1: realized which row I was looking at. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was doing, too. (laughs) Um, But regardless, uh, it's going to be a big test. Hopefully the uh, Providence Bruins uh, are up for it. Um, And coming down to the season, I... I mean, I don't know where the matchups are going to be. I haven't had time to really look into that. If you have any information on potential first round uh, best of five matchups, let me know. I believe
2: it works the same way that the um, NHL does where you you have one playing four and then two and three playing with two obviously getting a home ice advantage and one obviously getting home ice advantage over uh, the fourth seed. I, pl- I believe you play within your division and then potentially the conference finals are where you meet somebody from the other division and then you go on to play, obviously, in the Calder Cup finals if you move on past that. So I believe it's structured very similar to the NHL.
1: So with that being said, do you think it could be a Lehigh Valley Phantoms first round or wilkes bears Scranton?
2: wilkes barre Scranton.
1: Because it would be... If
2: we pass wilkes barre Scranton, we're still only in second place. So we would then play at home the majority of the games against wilkes barre Scranton, And then Lehigh Valley and Charlotte would play each other. The worst case scenario for the Bruins is that they go on a terrible losing streak. And they fall to fourth place where they would match up against Lehigh Valley. And we would get waffle stomped. Oh.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't like the matchup with Lehigh Valley at all. Um, Unfortunately,
2: we do play them. What is it, four or five times out of the last nine games?
1: Oh, so, really? Yeah, oh, so that's, I, that's a... what I'm
2: saying. It's the worst case scenario is that we drop to four, and then see them again in the playoffs. Where, yeah, I I don't think I'm 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 kind of an optimist, except when it comes to certain matchups. And yeah, we would absolutely get waffle stomped here.
1: And the uh... The scenario, if it did work out that way with Wilkes barre Granton, um, is not always a good one. In the past, I've, I've seen the, uh, this uh, this uh, Penguins farm team, you know, not not roll over the Bruins, but win some a lot of recent series. Uh, last year, fortunately, the Bruins came out with a three to two. I believe it was a first round best of five, and they got lucky yeah which which definitely. absolutely you know started their role onto the uh the conference final against Syracuse and syracuse uh clinched their um their way into the playoffs so regardless was it,
2: mark was it Hershey in the first round or was it Wilkes
1: bear in the first uh, round i thought it i thought it was hershey first i i'm sorry i thought it was Wilkes bear then Hershey and then um Syracuse. I could, that order could be wrong.
2: Yeah, that could, uh, I on my end too. I'm trying to remember exactly which, but yeah, exactly. I remember they carried us to the uh, last game, and it was a pretty. It was definitely a barn burn, as I remember too. So, the yeah, the Penguins aren't exactly the easiest team to face, but I have much better hope going into that playoff series than I would against Lehigh Valley.
1: Yeah, Lehigh is just really doing well this year, and and. And not to pump anybody's tires outside of the province Bruins, but that arena was pretty impressive. The entire the arena, the uh
2: the they even they have their own um like pregame and post game yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I was whole, watching it on AHL yeah, Live. Exactly. The whole everything about it is done so professionally. If ever if anybody listening gets a chance to watch on AHL Live, please check out a game against the Lehigh Valley fandoms where they're at home because that that's how the ahl should be that's kind of the benchmark for how the rest of the team, the league should be they're just that good
1: yeah yeah the ahl live feed was just outstanding Crystal it was like clear. so hd and it was so much better than the than the the feed provided by the providence bruins
2: oh i know yeah i, I mean i don't like to naysay them but yeah, yeah it right. leaves
1: a lot to be desired they definitely have to step it up, and and especially they should really consider this off season as a as a benchmark to um, get back into the radio. Um, as much as I, you know, I watch the games, and you do too. We watch we watch every freaking game. Um, not having a home radio station to cover that exactly. part of the AHL live is is really disturbing
2: and i remember I was listening to the Rochester feed and they butchered Seneshin's name oh uh, every single
1: time i hate when they call him sencin there's, <laughs> <it's>, there's, <laughs> no, there's no ch there's no ch in the middle of his name it's it's Sension, you know <laughs> but regardless um we got to move on to other leagues um, the east coast hockey league the atlantic gladiators uh, Bruins' 2015 third-round pick uh, goaltender Dan Vladar is uh, 3-5-0 in his last 10 games. And in that time frame, has a 3.08 goals against average and a 9.07 save percentage. Vladar uh, has a, a 2017-18 season record of 15-17-0, 2.99 goals against, and a 9.10 save percentage. The Glads team has seven games remaining in the season, with the next game on Monday night, March 19th, when Atlanta hosts rival the uh, South Carolina Stingrays. Atlanta is uh, 29-32, 2-2 two two on the season, in a fourth place in the East Coast Hockey League South Division. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, but when it comes to playoff talk, they are on the outside looking in, in ninth place as of today. Now. I know we discussed this two weeks ago when we had you on, but... Let me beat that drum once
2: more that the, the win-loss record and the statistics don't tell the full story. This is one of those cases where you need to do the eye test because Vladar is a much better goalie than his ECHL numbers make him out to be. In fact, um, two, I want to say, the week that we I was supposed to be on with you... Uh, the prior week he was called up for a game against Laval and he looked so much better he just looked amazing it was great to watch him he looked cool confident he had a good defense playing in front of him and the uh, give it that's where the eye test comes in that you got to watch him and see how he plays it's not he's a kind of a victim of
1: a subpar team yeah and and I have to, uh, two weeks ago, I made a mistake. I thought he was unbeaten in the NHL, AHL, I'm sorry, um, but I was very well corrected by a good friend uh, and other podcaster um, from the Something Brewing in PVD podcast uh, told me that he did have one loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 6-1 and I think three. Yeah. So he's got he's got really good numbers in the AHL and and one thing I wanted to talk to you about is um where he lands next season um I, I the St Louis Blues are going to have their own farm team as starting next year so that is definitely going to create a spot I don't see the Bruins making a deal for like a, a seventh round draft pick um, to keep. Bennington in the system and keep Vladar down in the East Coast League. I think he really, and I understand it's a small sample size with ten games in the AHL in that record, but he's he's proving that he belongs, or at least n- needs a chance in the AHL to prove himself. So I don't see Bennington coming back, um, and I see him moving up. Um, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I I'm extremely hopeful
2: that we do another one of those 1a 1b tandems where mcintyre and vladar kind of share the load maybe skew it a little bit more in mcintyre's favor just given that he's been the starter since uh and 16 or no 16 17 and we see more of Vladar. He's, you're right he absolutely deserves a spot up in the uh, ahl he's proven it with six wins. I mean, six wins is nothing to shake a stick at when you're coming up from kind of a scrub league and that you can fill in in a more professional, a more uh, high-stakes league like the AHL that you can fit in and you can look natural and have a winning percentage. I think that speaks a lot to his maturity and
1: development. Yeah, absolutely. And and talking to um, a player like uh, uh, Jeremy Swayman, uh, which you had the opportunity to um, interview, um, a, a key role in the coaching uh, comes down to um, new development coach Mike Dunham, and Dunham has made several trips down to uh, Atlanta to be with Vladar and and nurture him in the professional way, you know, and exactly. have that professional uh, presence around. Um, so. Good things are happening, not only um, with the prospects, but uh, with the, uh, the coaching staff. And I, not having a full-time AHL coach, goaltending coach, which I still think they really do need. I don't understand why the Bruins organization can't afford uh, a salary of a guy to be their home and away. Because we, we both know Bob Vicenza can't be everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And Mike Dunham is not that coach that's going to be in Providence all the time. He's one of those. He's going everywhere in North America to be with these kids. So, um, moving forward, there are there are some good steps um, in uh, Valada's development, and I really want to see him get a chance. I, I, you know, I'm really high on him. I was I was very excited when they got him in the draft as the second highest uh, ranked European goaltender. So you know we'll see what happens yeah he's gonna be a fun one to
2: watch i definitely think his ceiling is higher than mcintyre or possibly his floor is higher than mcintyre yeah if you kind of catch the uh, the uh, analogy that maybe their ceilings are about the same but at their worst i think vladar would be better than
1: mcintyre yeah i could i would definitely agree with that um Moving on to the Ontario Hockey League with the Oshawa Generals. Beast 2017 second-round pick, Jack Stunica, uh, plays his last game of the 2017-18 regular season. Today, when his Generals team hosts the Sudbury Wolves, Stunica has 22 goals, 50 assists, 72 points, in 66 games played this season, and is currently on a five-game point streak with six goals, four assists, 10 points uh, in that time frame. Uh, the playoff-bound Ottawa team is set to play the Niagara Ice Dogs in Game One of the best-of-seven series on Friday night, March 23rd, on the road. And 16, uh, 16 Korea OHL playoff games. Jack is uh, five, twelve, and seventeen, and a minus five. I'm actually uh, looking forward to seeing him tonight
2: playing
1: yeah. the uh, the Wolves
2: because uh, as soon as the Bruins are over, the my next the next stop on my little calendar is to watch the uh, OHL and uh, keep an eye on Captain Jack. Um, I'm even thinking of possibly making a trip out to Niagara just to kind of watch one of those games if my schedule allows for it just because that would be an experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I like the way Jack's played this year. I mean, he's definitely having career numbers. Um, He's a 200-foot player. Uh, He's got a lot of decent attributes to work on as a developing player, but I I really want to see him get stronger in the face-off circle. Yeah, um absolutely. even though even though it's like 50% and that's still decent numbers for the 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 type of player he is and where he's playing he definitely needs to be better um and with everything that's going on i i, I i'm curious to f- see when he is uh he is signed under an entry level contract um uh, but i'm actually very curious if if he leaves um the Ontario Hockey League early to become a professional in the AHL. I believe he is eligible next season as a twenty year old. I could be wrong. Um but that that all remains to be seen because they it, the Bruins just seem to be loading up on 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 you know the NCAA and definitely forgot to mention that Trent Frederick was was officially added to the uh roster last night. So okay. he, he we will see be Yeah, he will. uh, Well, I'm not sure if he will, but um, we should be seeing him today. That remains to be seen. I'm not, you know, saying anything that. Yeah, exactly.
2: I gotta wait for the uh, starting lineups to come out,
1: but we could
2: possibly see him today.
1: Yeah, I I always like wait for Mark Davis, Ross, to you know, because he's such a great person to follow. Um, so it's it's his last game. He's currently on a five game. point streak and, and he could continue that and, and you know i i really hope he goes lo- uh, far in the playoffs gets that experience um but regardless if he does come to the ahl uh, i i don't see him playing a huge role you know what i find is i find a lot of players like this they, they get called to the ahl and they really don't play but they're more or less there for the experience uh, working out and so on, you know, getting along with the coaches, trying to get the system down. Exactly. Uh, like Zach Zenishin, he he after his commitment was over, um, he came to the uh, the Providence Bruins and was forced into action because of uh, an injury to Peter Solaric. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens with him. But uh, his teammate Kyle Kieser, who was signed by the uh, the Bruins in the fall of 2017 to an entry level contract. Had a solid season and goal regardless of his two uh, concussions. Um, in 47 games played in the 2017-18 regular season, the Coral Springs native has 28 wins and 13 losses and a, and a kind of a high 3.15 goals against and a low uh, 9.04 save percentage. In his last game against Peterborough, he gave up eight goals in an 8-4 uh, loss in March 16th and uh, looks to bounce back today against a struggling Sudbury team who is uh, last in the Eastern Conference, and uh, winless in the last two, and 3-5 and 2 in the last 10 games. So I like I Keyser, like and actually I had a conversation with Dominic Tiano, who's a writer um, in the uh, Ontario Hockey League, and he does a fantastic job up there, and he uh, follows a lot of the Bruins prospects uh, very closely. And he said that the, the, the two concussions that he suffered this season alone is something to be concerned about even though yes, you brought them up I was starting the gears
2: in my head were starting to turn like that's not good
1: right so it kind of makes me wonder where the Bruins go into the 2018 draft from uh, Dallas Texas this season um, they don't have a they don't have a third well they, they I'm sorry they do have a third round pick um, with, I'm concerned about adding to the depth of the goal. In case something is wrong with Kyle, I know he's playing somewhat okay, uh, but. His long term health is kind of a concern. I'm almost
2: wondering if he might hang his skates up a little bit early just because of all the uh, uh, concussions that he's sustained. Two in a season is a bit much for a guy that young.
1: Yeah, and both of them, he's gotten trucked. He's gotten absolutely yeah. trucked over, and it's been. It, the, 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 the replays that I've seen from. Uh, General's live con- uh, Twitter account uh, when they break down the video was I, I just ouch you know so remains to be seen what what happens with his future hopefully nothing happens uh, you know headwise because um, he I mean from the games that I've seen he's very athletic um, he reminds me of a better Malcolm Subban in it while he was here uh, with his athleticism and but this type of player in comparison he can make that save by being aggressive but have the athleticism to get back and make the uh, next save where I found uh, Subban was too aggressive and and was never available to make that second save except now he somehow does in Vegas I know orcs. <laughs> I know right and and from people I talked to out in Vegas they, they say that their goaltending coach is constantly with them every day always they're all you know they're very close and i i think that's what he needed in in providence you stole the words out of my mouth yeah i i and i think that's what people like players like mcintyre need and then in vladar coming up you know i i think that that presence is is so valuable to these kids these days when you see a a a and coach once a week once a month you know i don't i don't i'm not in the room and i don't know what goes on behind closed doors but it just seems like they're not there all the time and it's not that they don't care it's just you know they're not they're not using a, an asset role that they should be using today so it's just proving us wrong you know i mean we all thought that Subban was a decent prospect but he just wasn't rising to the occasion when it came to the uh to the goaltending depth and now it's now we're seeing, and we're you know we're losing it because he got picked up off of waivers, and and obviously the the Las Vegas um, team is uh, reaping the benefits. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. I mean, and it's good for Subban too, honestly, because it's
2: nice to see him succeed. You know, you'd see him so many times in Providence, and you'd see some horror, some just bad losses, and you'd think, man. We really whiffed on that pick and then come to find out he's actually a really good prospect. He's a really good player. He knows what he's doing. He's good at what he does. He just needed a little bit more attention than the Bruins could give him or were willing to give him is what my concern was.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, definitely good for him. Um, The next uh, league, uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League is St. John Sea Dogs. Uh, Bruin's sixth round selection in 2017, Cedric Pare, his season is over in the queue. As the Sea Dogs team that was the best last year winning the President's Trophy and making a 2017 Memorial Cup appearance failed to make the playoffs this season with only 14 wins and 68 games played. That's and, unbelievable. Yeah. And the last place team in the league, uh, Pare ended the year with 13 goals, 24 assists, 37 points. And in 129 career games in the queue, has 18 goals, 36 assists, 54 points. So he's done so much better
2: than he did his draft year. I'm quite impressed with how he's really, now that he's now that he's been drafted, he's really working on improving his game. And it's shown up on the stat sheet for sure. But just he's he seems like a much more complete player than before. I mean, his skating still needs a bit of work, but... There, the old saying goes, If you're a tall guy, you have to prove that you can't play hockey, whereas if you're a short guy, you have to play they have to prove that you can play, so I think he's at least got the size going for him, and maybe that over the summer over the off season, he can get with some of the Bruins skating coaches or maybe even the sea Dogs' skating coaches. I don't know what have you, but if he can work on that stride, I think he's got a better shot of making a deeper impact at the higher leagues, even the NHL, one day. I mean, I think I saw somebody once saying that they thought his ceiling was a second or a third line center, but it remains to be seen how much he, he wants to work on it because he's got the frame. He just needs the IQ and the skating legs for it.
1: Yeah, friend of the show and uh, Rogers, um, Rogers TV color analyst, um, and he's also a scout, uh, Craig Eagles. Uh, we talk. Um, at least once a week, um, about what's going on with uh, Paré. and and he continues to tell me that he's still working hard and does all the right things. Um, he's not that type of player right now in his development. That's going to be putting sixty to seventy points up because uh, he, he needs to work on the more on his fundamentals and and his attributes as he continues to develop. and And I, I don't want to criticize certain um, websites, but you know there's. Um, Craig Eagles did mention that uh, Paré could uh, join the uh, Providence Bruins as early as, you know, as soon as possible, uh, but uh, signing an entry-level contract, I, I don't see it happening right now, just because of the way that the, the, um, the depth is at center, so I think uh, by having, I mean, even though he's, if he signs an entry-level contract, he can still go back to the queue, but i believe this person that wrote this article was mentioning that he could be signed and stay in providence and i don't see that happening.
2: Yeah, i'm not too sure about that just given maybe his age and kind of his draft position, but to his credit, i mean, he's been wearing the C down in the queue the whole season, so it's got to speak to his character and his kind of uh his his maybe intangibles more than anything else. So at the at the very least he'd probably be a good locker room guy. But yeah, you're right. I don't know as if I see him joining Providence or far, far, far away from the uh the the, the big club yet. it's just no that it would be nice, but yeah, I don't think that's on the cards right now given our especially given our depth at center. I mean yeah. we seem to have just
1: That's what that's what I think that wasn't I mean I'm not criticizing the the article or anything like that i just don't think that it was i think what was read from craig eagles um tweet was just taken a little further than than the research allowed um i mean he players can come prospects can come to the team on an ato and not sign permanently so i
2: yeah it makes me think of uh the silly scene from uh uh, it's an old sports movie, Angels in the Outfield, and the, one of the one of the young kids, one of the young stars from the movie. He, one of his famous lines is, "It could happen." Yeah,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> it could,
2: know. but I don't know about uh, if it actually
1: will. Yeah, I just I just don't think he's ready for the AHL quite yet. Um, so I, I just think he needs a little more work. And as the uh, center depth uh, continues to, you know, be weeded out. I mean, I think uh, an opportunity for him after next season would be definitely in the cards. Um, Absolutely, you know. So, uh, my predictions, just... my predictions for him and where he lands at, 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 if he can, if he stays um, with the Bruins organization, the future is definitely a third or a fourth line center. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just he's a good kid, but yeah, you're right.
2: Maybe not. You know, in the toolbox analogy. Maybe he hasn't. He's not he doesn't have the toolbox stocked as fully as some other prospects might.
1: Yep. Uh, Jumping to the NCAA, um, not much to talk about. I mean, we did touch on Trent Frederick. uh, He signed an entry-level contract leaving Wisconsin. uh, in the week before that, uh, Cam Hughes, uh, a good friend and and fellow teammate, uh, Badger teammate, uh, signed an entry-level contract. So it kind of made me think about – it, when when he was signed, how much for lo- longer was it take before um, Frederick was gonna move? And I think it's. I really don't want to see what happened to Danton Heinen when Danton Heinen left his sophomore year at at, at the uh, Denver. So, I know uh, Danton struggled a little bit uh, in his first couple in his first year, but um, I think Frederick is just a little. Better it. it it's kind of hard to say. He's not. Yeah, a, he's not better. He's not at that time when when Heinen was at Denver. I'm talking about not now. So Frederick right now has got a huge ceiling. I've talked to many people that around the uh, the Badgers, uh, and they've all said that he's got a professional release, a professional shot. He's got great strides. He can skate. He's got a great 200 foot game, three zone player, um, and his and his his IQ is just tremendous. So I am super soaked, sight soaked, um, to see him uh, in a Providence uniform, and hopefully it happens today because I I I've been following him. I've had great conversations with his family, his father and mother are great people. I know one of his brothers; they always make the trip to development camp, and that's when I have my opportunity to to jump on an interview, so um, he's just a good kid, family kid, and, and you know, he's got a tremendous future, and it, it makes me wonder, you know, the intel that the Bruins had at the uh, 2016 draft when he was fl- selected with the 29th pick in the first round, you know, Anaheim, it's been mentioned that Anaheim was really targeting him in the first round, and, and the Bruins got some of that intel and, 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 and jumped on it, so... I think it was a great move, regardless of popular opinion. I think people now are realizing that it was a solid pick.
2: Exactly, and I'm kind of disparaging uh, with Keith Gretzky's said because I really love Keith Gretzky. Not gonna lie, he was a great uh, amateur scout for the Bruins, but I uh, just don't like that he said what the the comments that he made about Frederick when they initially selected him. It's kind of you know you just selected the guy, let him let him grow, let him do it. Let, let, let's see what he actually has to offer the Bruins. I mean, don't kind of put a cap on what you think his ceiling is going to be.
1: Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of it's kind of weird coming from a, um, a a guy like him that's been around the the uh, the scouting range for a long exactly. time. Exactly. It's one of those.
2: It's it should it that should have been an off the record quote. And i um,
1: yeah. It's you're right. It's
2: kind of a head scratcher.
1: Yeah. But. Um, Regardless of that, um, we got to talk about Ryan Donato. Um, yeah, Donato watch. Yeah, Donato watch. It Dri- drives me absolutely crazy. With I know, the- I
2: was I was in the bank yesterday, and um, I actually typed out Donato watch in the little like hashtag search on Twitter to see if it was actually a thing, and it was. I was like, really? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me?
1: I I have a feeling I know who who started that whole hashtag so (laughs) um he's a great guy but he's got he's got lofty goals and you know i'm a i'm a remains yeah a little bit of empty space in the skull yeah i'm a a remains to be seen type of guy exactly Um, when it comes to prospects i do not say will i do not say definite i do not say anything like that because (laughs) i don't get involved in that um Ryan's a good player. He's he's a great prospect. He's going to be a, a a great bruin. I just don't see him making a trip to Boston this season. I think it's yep. it, you know the idea is is not dumb. I I just think people you know like like um court says on our regular program you know it's that shiny toy that everybody wants to see. Yep. You know, yep. and I don't think that his placement on this Bruins roster this season is warranted i think that he should he should finish the year if he wants to sign i mean he still has the option to go back to school and people don't think that he is going to do that but um it all remains to be seen and and the fact is that i don't see a player that's been with the nhl bruins taking a seat and being comfortable with that with a guy that's got no nhl experience coming into the team and and you know that would send a horrible message
2: to That's the guys in the locker room who have been battling and fighting their way through what's been a remarkably awesome season for the Bruins. And yeah, you're right, to have some youngster come in and take your spot, that just, it sends such a bad message to the rest of the guys. Like, oh yeah, it's it's kind of the shiny new toy mentality, like, oh, you're old news now, we've got this new guy who we're going to replace you with.
1: Yep. Yeah, and regardless of of his play in the olympics i mean there were no nhl players there they were oh, yeah. former he was fighting against former nhl players
2: of, yeah he was against kind of developmental guys or the super team that the uh, athletes from a country other than russia brought or whatever that team was called o a o r o a r yeah. yeah other athletes russia something yeah. like that but yeah it's 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 a preview of what he can be, but you're you're hitting it on the mark that there was no other NHL competition there. So what's the real barometer of how far he's actually into his development? We don't know if he's actually NHL ready yet.
1: Some people do seem to think that he is, just because of his his, his college um, stats. He's I mean he was a almost a point and a half per game player uh, throughout the 2017 18 season at Harvard in uh, 29 games played. He's got 26 goals, 17 assists, and 43 points. You know, and he had a, he had a decent uh, first uh, the uh, ECAC tournament. Um, they won the best of three against Dartmouth, and they moved on to to, uh, to play Clarkson, which ultimately they lost to, and and now they're out. So, Donato watches fully on. So, um, I, I you know if he signs, he signs. I'm I'm all for what the Bruins want to do because it's their... It's it's you know it's their show. Um, Just because of
2: his pedigree doesn't mean that you have to rush him right in. Exactly,
1: and I think that's what a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, his father did it. Well, you know, it's it's a different time. You know, I I don't. That's that's the '80s and '90s.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely comparing kind of apples to oranges here because it's almost a completely different game than it was back then. It's the same game, but not.
1: Yeah, and I know I'm going to get hammered for it, and but. I I don't I don't want him in the NHL right now. I no, want him to start no. off fresh. If he signs and he makes the roster after rookie camp and, and and uh NHL training camp in September, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But he's gotta earn it. I don't so... wanna see
2: him follow the full Detroit model where they stay in the AHL forever, but I do wanna see a uh, a kind of seasoning at that level, if you will, before he makes the jump to the NHL to get a taste of professional hockey because the professional game is so much different than anything in the amateur leagues. I mean, I remember when I went to the NCAA game with um, Swayman, just it it was a lot more tame than the NHL was, or even the AHL was especially. the The pace of the play is far far different and I'm not sure that Donato is going to be ready to jump right into the faster harder hitting more open ice kind of game that the NHL plays
1: right absolutely um, we do have a couple more minutes if you want to talk about that um, that experience you had when Providence yeah, absolutely. Played. so yeah I, mean- I went to um,
2: I went to Providence College uh, it was media credentials along with uh, my partner. And we unfortunately didn't get to spend the whole game in the press box as the press row was incredibly full. But we did get a chance to go down to the locker rooms after the fact and get the post game. It was great to listen to UMaine coach, Maine uh, Red Gendron, to uh, hear some of his comments about the loss. Unfortunately, Maine got swept. Uh, both games losing, uh, I believe it was four to three, and then three to two. The game that I went to, unfortunately, Maine got almost run right out the building back to Orono, where they play. Uh, just they, they had a bad first period where they uh, let in three goals, but then beginning of the second period they scored two back to back. Uh, it was great to talk to Swayman. and that guy is such a professional. He's so fun to talk to. I mean, you kind of heard it when we, when you did your uh, interview with him, Mark, a uh, few episodes ago, more than a few episodes ago, and he's just such a great guy to talk to. And he speaks so glowingly about the coaches at Maine being more than just coaches to him. They're not just there to give him advice about hockey, but to give him advice about life and just that how to be not only a good player on the ice, but a good player off the ice as well. And it's it's so evident when you talk to him, when you kind of interact with him, it was nice to be able to just chat with him kind of for a few minutes before we even did the interview and just to kind of get to know each other on a slightly more personal level. And then uh, after we, after the fact, he let me uh, snap a quick picture with him. And the whole experience start to finish was amazing. I can't I can't say enough good things about Swayman. That he's a consummate professional off the ice, and he's a real fun guy to watch on the ice too. Um, yeah, I mean, you always kind of hear that goalies are a bit weird, but I never sensed that f- coming from him. He was just a very genuine, down to earth guy who was. I really hope for that he makes such strides in the future. And what I liked about kind of re- uh, when I was doing the research for the article that he wasn't exactly the greatest thing in sioux falls in the ushl the developmental league before he got to college and then he hit the development camp after his draft year and snap of the fingers right away he was already leaps and bounds better he had a much better winning record in maine and i feel like the coaching that he received in those four days with bob essensa and mike dunham and then continued with um Alfie Misho up at UMaine really helped to kind of bring a more complete, a more uh, authoritarian style to his game. And he's he's been turning heads all over the NCAA. I mean, if you read some of his accolades, they leap right off the page at you that he's just making such a great name for himself among the NCAA ranks and in the goalie ranks. I think he's going to be a real special guy to watch and – I'm confident that he's going to at least get a, cr- a cup of coffee at the NHL sometime down the road. I'm not sure when. It's one of the. That's what I'll leave up to kind of Sweeney to decide. But I really think that this guy's got a bright, bright future ahead, and not just at the collegiate or even the AHL level. I think this guy's. It, 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 I always kind of talk about an "it" factor. It's kind of a, like a checkbox, and that guy's got it. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm confident he's going to make. He's going to make a, a splash in the Bruins system heretofore. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and if listeners want to see how well he's doing and how many, like, awards and recognition he's getting, um, just just type in Jeremy Swayman on Twitter and look at the timeline that, they, uh, they, uh, that website offers. And, I mean... Uh, selected to the USA uh, World Juniors, selected, you know, he's he's uh, an All Star candidate or All Star mention, and he was he's Rookie of the Month and Rookie East um, Hockey East Rookie of the Month and Rookie of the Week, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of great mentions. That and, and he's only a freshman. Exactly, yeah. You know? So I he's got the... he's got like two, I want to say two or three more years at at Maine before he makes a, a decision on what he wants to do for his future. So. I mean that's all good things right there. I mean, he's he's definitely a solid member of this uh, of this Boston Bruins uh, uh, developing depth. So, and it's great
2: that he just that he handles it with a very down to earth demeanor, and that he's not kind of one of these you know look at me I'm a Bruins prospect guy. He's a very humble guy. Yeah. He's a very reachable guy that you can just you, you know you can you can talk to him as if he were a colleague more than somebody that you're kind of looking up at even though I'm not the tallest guy in the world and I was looking up at him. Yep. So that, that's I mean yeah, like, that,
1: that's what it, I hear from so many people that are from Alaska. I mean, except for Sarah Palin, um most of <laughs> most of them all are really great people and they're well spoken and well mannered. So I had to throw in the political thing there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh but yeah i mean um i remember what, the the media packet that i got handed when i went to uh, the game and you just read there was there was sections and paragraphs about swayman and i remembered i had to try to keep my article as kind of to 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 the, the facts and as much as like i uh, try to keep it just kind of short but
1: just, it, was, it was a good read. It was read. so, much,
2: it was it was so read, much to write about, though, because, I mean, he's just been that good. I mean, Maine hasn't had a winning record since I believe it was uh thirteen, fourteen, and then um, they haven't gone this far in the playoffs since 6 07, and that was the year Ben Bishop was their freshman. <laughs> so, you know, he's kind of in good company if you're saying the name Ben Bishop and a winning record attributed to jeremy Swayman. i think he's kind of he's he's definitely got it mark i really love i'm really high on this guy as kind of a, a goalie prospect i i don't i don't know if it's as high as i am on um vladar but they're probably right about equal right now that out of the out of all of our prospects him and vladar just mm, that's we picked good ones right there
1: nice well Josh, thank you so much again for an, another great week of uh, having you on, talking prospects. I really enjoy having you uh, and your insight. So, uh, mm, please. just
2: online, Mark. Thank you so much. It's a great time to talk. I love just this kind of back and forth about prospects and the system. And it's kind of a topic that, we, that doesn't
1: get as much attention as it should. And that's what we try to do. But um, please, I recommend if you're a Twitter follower, please go to... Um, at to causeway follow josh he's he's got really good insight and, and he watches every game even though he's he's watching from work which i think is sacrilege because i can't <laughs> i can't do it but <laughs> um, certain and, sacrifices yeah i know <laughs> but um also please go to um shipping up the and follow his blog he does a fantastic job breaking down the providence bruins a um, lot of great stats, a lot of good analytical views, so uh, I highly recommend so. Appreciate the
2: uh, the kudos and the, uh, the the praise mark very, very nice of you. And
1: I look forward to the next time that we talk. Absolutely. We'll talk about that uh, during the week and find out some uh, available time frames. So we'll make for it sure. work. So um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Josh, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll uh, see you all next week. Till next time.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at BlackandGold277, at CourtLalonde, and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.